Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading for this week is taken from the Book of Wisdom, a text we don't often hear about in the lectionary. It was written toward the end of the Old Testament period, while Israel was very much under the influence of Greek philosophy. Sirach and the book of Proverbs also come from this period. These are texts of a more meditative nature. They're full of pithy statements and moral recommendations. And it shouldn't surprise us too much that the book of wisdom is especially concerned with the inculcation of that great virtue. Our reading commences with the narrator of the book speaking. Listen to what he says. I prayed, and prudence was given me. I pleaded, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. Now, can I suggest to you, this is a very helpful spiritual exercise. To imagine the angel of the Lord standing before you in a sort of genie-like mode, and saying, I will grant you one thing. What would you pray for? You've got one great prayer now to well up from the recesses of your soul. What would you ask for? Well, he asks for prudence and for wisdom. Let's pay careful attention, therefore, to what he's asking for. In the Middle Ages, prudence was called the queen of the virtues because it was the virtue that enabled one to do the right thing in a particular situation. That's what prudence is, that feel for the moral situation so that you know in this time and place the best thing to do. Whenever I think about prudence, Brett Favre comes to my mind. You know, the great quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Now, in his later years, Certainly in his prime, there was no one better than Brett Favre at reading the football field, at reading the defense, knowing what to do in the particular situation. Well, prudence is like that. It's a moral feel for the right thing to do. See, look, courage, justice, temperance, the other great classical virtues, well, they're indispensable, but, but... Without prudence, they're finally blind and useless. A person can be as courageous as possible, but he doesn't know when, where, and how to play out his courage. That virtue is useless. One can be as just as possible, but without a feel for the present moral situation, to know precisely how, when, and where that justice ought to be exercised, the virtue of justice does him little good. That's why it's beautiful 
that this narrator of the book of wisdom prays above all for prudence. The second thing he prayed for, wisdom. Wisdom is like prudence, a kind of vision. But unlike prudence, which focuses on the particular situation, wisdom is a sense of the big picture. Thomas Aquinas said, wisdom is the view from the hilltop, from the standpoint of the highest cause. Most of us look at our lives from a rather restricted point of vantage, from the standpoint of our own self-interest, or perhaps of our family, or our clan, or our nation. What's wisdom? Wisdom is the view from the perspective of God, from the point of vantage of God. Therefore, it's seeing the biggest possible picture, appreciating the grandest perspective on things. Now listen, why is this so important? Because without this overarching vision, even the most prudent judgment will be short-sighted, inadequate, incomplete. You see how it works? Prudence is a feel for the particular. Wisdom is a vision of the whole. That's why there's such a potent combination. Why it's so important to ask for both those things, that you see the world from the perspective of God, wisdom, and you've got that feel for the particular situation. Wisdom and prudence is a combination that we find in the saints. It's what makes a saint a saint in many ways. The saint sees the world through the eyes of God. Your life is not about you, as I've often said. It's the wise person that knows that. More to it, the saint is someone who's got prudence, who knows what to do in this time and this place. That's why, and I've always been intrigued by this, you'll notice in the saints this combination often of the very spiritual and ethereal and the very practical. Think of a saint like Mother Cabrini. Boy, did she have wisdom. She had the grand perspective. She knew what God wanted her to do. And was she gifted with prudence? Did she know in the particular case just what to do? It enabled her to deal very effectively with less than savory bankers and real estate brokers and cab drivers and ordinary people. Wisdom met prudence in her. Another great example of this, I think, is Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Wisdom, of course, born of her extraordinary life of prayer. But talk to people that dealt with her, especially when she was buying property and establishing her houses around the world. She was a pretty canny lady, tough negotiator. She knew how to read the particular moral situation. Or, you know, someone I admire very much, Mother Guerin, who in a matter of weeks is going to be canonized as a saint of the church. Mother Guerin was a deeply spiritual woman, had wisdom in spades, born of her life of prayer, but she crossed an ocean in the 19th century. She crossed a continent, and in the snowy forests of Indiana, she established an institution that exists to this day 
There's someone with a real canny, practical sense of what to do and how to do it. The saints prayed for wisdom and for prudence, like the narrator of the Book of Wisdom. Now, listen as he goes on in our first reading. I preferred her, wisdom and prudence, to scepter and throne. Wisdom and prudence were more important to him than power. That's why he asked for them and not for power. Some people, you know, are obsessed with power. Oh, if that angel of the Lord stood before them and said, pray for one thing, they would ask for power, authority, position. But what does our narrator know? And friends, we're right at the heart of it here. That power without prudence and wisdom will be necessarily misused and will, at the end of the day, turn on the possessor of it and destroy him. Is that too strong? I don't think so. If you have power but you do not have wisdom, you do not have prudence, then you don't know how to use that power. What it will do is it will use you. Up and down the centuries we have examples of this. People that lusted after power and they got it, but they did not have those gifts of vision and prudence and the power destroyed them. You know that great myth of Phaeton, the son of Apollo? He's the one that wanted to drive his father's chariot, the sun, across the sky. Oh, he wanted that power. He wasn't ready for it. And he had neither wisdom nor prudence. And of course, he's destroyed in the course of his journey. That's a mythic story about this spiritual truth. Ask first for wisdom and prudence. And then, if power comes to you through God's grace, you'll know what to do with it. He also says, Beyond health and comeliness, I loved her. Ah, if that genie stood before you, that angel of the Lord, and said, Pray for one thing and I'll give it to you, I wager many listening to me would ask for health and for beauty. Health and comeliness. Same principle applies, though. If you've got health, you've got beauty, but you have no wisdom or prudence, you will not know what to do with them. And they will, in the end, destroy you. Oh, look at the stories of actors, models, athletes, beautiful, healthy people, who are destroyed, they're done in by their own virtues because they don't know how to use in a proportionate way these great gifts. They don't have prudence and wisdom. Look at now the third one. He says, I deemed riches nothing in comparison with her, nor did I liken any priceless gem to her. Ah, if that angel of the Lord stood before you, and said, I'll give you one thing. Many listening to me, I wager, would ask for wealth, for riches, beautiful things. But again, without wisdom, the view from the hilltop, without prudence, a feel for the moral situation, you will not know what to do with that wealth. And that wealth will destroy you. You. 
look at this story played out again and again in every generation. Young kids who get too much too soon. Pop stars, athletes, heirs to fortunes they didn't earn. These young people are almost invariably destroyed by the wealth that they have gained. Without wisdom and prudence, it does you no good because you don't know how to use them. With that last comparison in mind, we'll glance at the gospel. Up to Jesus comes a rich young man, and he's a good kid. He wants eternal life. What must I do, Master, to inherit eternal life? You know what he's asking for implicitly? He's asking for wisdom and for prudence. Lord, show me what I must do to gain the highest good. Jesus says, follow the commandments. And then when the young man says, I've done that since I was a kid, the Lord turns up the heat. Oh, then sell all you've got, give it to the poor, and come after me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. The Lord says, get rid of your wealth that you might have prudence and wisdom. And the rich young man goes away sad because he would rather have wealth than to have wisdom and prudence. Ah, we're right on the cusp. We're right on the precipice. We're right on the fulcrum here. What do you want? What would you ask for? None of the goods of the world should be the right answer. Not wealth, not health, not comeliness, not power. What you should ask for above all, wisdom, God's way of seeing things, prudence, the feel for the moral situation, and then you will know what to do with anything else you receive. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.